number one, identify what your passions are. Identify what your power is. Identify what you're an expert in. Get some clarity on your life, right? And, and so sometimes we don't know exactly <clears throat> where we want to go, um, but we know we don't want to go backwards. Or we don't want to go that way. And for me, that was enough. And I like to put myself in, in good frequencies to get in that positive mindset, like rich energy, right? Mm -hmm. Creates rich ideas and so forth. So for me, every single day, fitness is a non-negotiable, seven days a week. And I'm not like like pouring that on anyone else that's listening to this audience. That's just me. I don't do fitness for the physicality. Like I used to seek validation when I was younger and a bit more immature and I wanted to look good. Uh, now I do to break a sweat, to just be in my thoughts and, and to cross something off the list. Uh, and also looking good certainly doesn't hurt. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Determined Society. I'm your host, Sean French. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have with me none other than one of my good buddies, a dude that has been so successful in his life on Wall Street, building multiple businesses. But the most impressive thing about my man today, Mr. Craig Siegel, is his ability not to just revamp his mind, but also to understand that he was a gladiator in the wrong ring. And at one moment in his life, he made the decision to shift and step into his true purpose. I have with me today, ladies and gentlemen, Craig Siegel. I'm super jacked to have him. Craig, what's up, man? Bang! You weren't kidding when you said you had a special surprise for me in regards to an intro. I'm the one that's used to giving them out. It's great to be on the receiving end. There's literally no place in the world that I would rather be right now than here with you, brother. Let's do this. I'm freaking jacked about it, man. I appreciate you giving the time coming on here and uh, blessing me with that nice little wig you got going on. New <laughs> hair piece. <laughs> I, I swear to God, guys, right he's, this guy gets a haircut every five days. It's amazing. It's true. You're not wrong. <laughs> I love it, man. So listen, I'm going to ask you because you're so used to asking everybody else. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this question. What's your superpower? Great question, buddy. And everybody has one. Make no mistake about it for the audience listening. Like everybody is special and unique. We just need to identify what that is so we could step into our power and make a major mark on this world. My superpower is my ability to communicate effectively. Whereas when I speak to someone, they feel inspired to actually want to take action. Um, I've always had a thing for that. I just never package it and put it together. Uh, until the pandemic provided me that great awakening. It's interesting you bring up that point. Before we get to our next question is, you said opportunity that the pandemic brought you. That's all perspective. That's your paradigm, right? Let's, let's touch on that really quickly because so many people view that pandemic as where they got stuck, where they lost themselves. I found myself during the pandemic. And it sounds like Damn. you did too. Oh, yeah. Yes, buddy. I, I needed that moment. Um, and let me just give some context. I needed a second for Craig to find myself grounded for really the first time ever in, in my life and, and just ask myself tough questions like, am I happy? The answer was not even close. Uh, and what would make me happy? 
Uh, and it was at that moment that I changed my definition of success um, from one of making money to one of impact and significance. And then ultimately, I put it all together with marrying the two concepts of my passion for personal development and my gift for communicating effectively. And I went all in. I removed plan B from the equation. I burned the ships. As I like to say, there was no retreat. I was going to make this work uh, or essentially I was going to die trying. I love it, man. I also especially love when you talk about burn the boats because for many years in 2001, we were told that story in LSU baseball squad room by our coach about the infamous Hernan Cortez when he burnt the ships and everybody's looking, he's like, Hey, what are you doing? That's how we're going to get home. He's like, no, no, no. We're either leaving in their ships or dying on this Island, but we're winning this war. And I love that about you because that's exactly what personal development. That's exactly what living your purpose truly is, is burning the ships. Can you talk to the audience a little bit about that moment, that specific moment where you knew like, okay, shit, this is my, this is my purpose. And this is where I need to pivot and go. Yes, buddy. I I just, I felt so unfulfilled and unhappy for so long. I was essentially dying on wall street. I I wasn't even alive, but if I'm being honest with you, I was existing. uh, And I just didn't like the path I was heading towards. And I asked myself, so like, is this really it for me? And I was even in a toxic relationship for a little while. Um, there was just so much stuff going on that, that I, I knew I was meant for more. It was just, I was stuck straight up. I was plugged into the matrix and, and I got caught up in the rat race, simply put. And I got beaten down by life a little bit. And then ultimately, I realized uh, that that intuition that I always had, where I felt guided, where I would speak to God, and I knew there was a bigger calling, a much bigger message in the pandemic when literally there was nothing to do but think, right? Or at least for me, I saw a lot of people doing a lot of Netflix and a lot of day drink, and I said, that's not going to be me. And I really got myself in that frequency and vibrated on that level. Like, why am I here? I know there's a reason. Uh, and I felt very called to take inspired action and to develop what would be Cultivate Lasting Symphony or CLS, a play of my initials. Uh, and for the first time in my entire life, Everything about it felt aligned. Everything about it felt right. Uh, And I had no fear in starting CLS. Um, It's interesting. People always ask me, like, weren't you scared to start that when you had a stable job? And the answer is is kind of the opposite. I was literally shaking in my boots to go back. Once I became aware uh, and 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 I practiced, like, being grounded and took that second, I knew exactly where I wasn't going. And I didn't know exactly how CLS would transpire. You could never connect the dots looking forward, only backwards. Uh, but I knew we were going to try this thing. And I was really confident that it was going to work out and make a massive impact. And I could live with that. I love it. And I can tell you, it has made a massive impact. It's made a massive impact on me and hundreds of thousands of people, well, millions of people that have listened to your podcast. You've had some amazing guests, some great content. I think the biggest thing that I enjoy about you, even before I knew you personally, before you were a brother, was your energy, right? You talk <laughs> about your energy. You talk. Everybody talks about it, right? Everybody talks about, you know, this person brings a certain amount of energy to, to the conversation or to the party, whatever it may be. But your energy is raw and authentic, a lot like mine. So how does one, how does one bring that real and authentic energy every single day? Simple answer, find what sets your soul on fire and pursue that. 
And people always ask me like, what are you on buddy? Or, or like how many cups of coffee did you drink? And, and the answer is zero. Like, you need to get to a, a place. Well, that's not true. I had coffee this morning, but you have to get to a place <laughs> where like you're dancing at the bus stop. And that's just an analogy, but like, and you're high on life. Like you don't need five cocktails to dance at that bus stop. Like, and I know this from experience because essentially I spent 35 years trying to find myself and, and here's the best part. Do I have any regrets that I didn't start CLS sooner? No, because it wouldn't have worked. Life mm. happens for us, not to us. And I needed to go through everything that I went through to make CLS as impactful as it is. And to answer your question in a nutshell, brother, how am I so enthusiastic and energy? Because I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart and all my soul, love this stuff. This is not work to me. I love you. I love this conversation. I'm excited to support this conversation when you drop it. I have calls after this. I, I love them all. This stuff feels good to me. This is not work to me. Uh, and everybody has the opportunity and ability to get to a place like that. They just need the courage to pursue that. I love that because I knew what your answer was going to be. I wanted my listeners to hear it because there's somebody out there right now that doesn't truly understand how to get out of their own way and step into who they truly are and live in that energy on a second by second, minute by minute basis, right? Because it is a tough energy. If you, if, if we, I remember I, prior to the pandemic, I was always worried about what other people thought. I can't do this because they're going to think this. Well, what I realized was from one of your episodes, actually, it really kind of hit me, right? At that point, I'd already made the switch where I was like, holy shit, that spoke to me was people are going to think what you allow them or tell them to think about you. And it was when that moment hit for me that I started all this stuff. And from that point on, it's been like a busy helter-skelter neighborhood in my head to where I'm constantly moving. I'm constantly in this energy and this vibrational state that I just want to create. That's all I want to do. I want to have conversations like this on, on my podcast. I want to hop on lives. I want to hop and do all these things with people like you because you're in there doing it. And the main reason why is because we connect it. Yeah. Being a gladiator in the wrong arena. Right. You've met, you mentioned that to me on the, the very first time that we spoke. He's like, dude, you are a gladiator in the wrong arena. And right then I knew what you meant. Explain to the listeners what that means to you. Someone that has that passion, that drive, the ability to be self disciplined and, and self motivated, um, but to channel it in the right place because we're all energy right like spoiler mm -hmm. alert like this is just a vessel yours is a little more handsome but that's just a vessel but it's a soul <laughs> and a spirit having an earthly or a human experience and so you have that fire brother that's hard to teach but you possess it for me i had it as well and i was on wall street and it was not the right coliseum for me and i was waking up every day and it felt like i was going to a job now make no mistake mm -hmm. about it i still gave it everything i got because that's just the type of cat that I am, but it was unfulfilling. And it's hard to be grateful when you're doing something like that, because even though I had my health, it's like, I get, I have to wake up again tomorrow and do this all over. And so I was in the wrong arena. And that's when I picked up running and I started running a bunch of marathons. I ran four the first year I got into it, just because I have an addictive personality. And I was so fascinated by how running is so mental. Um, but ultimately I was never looking to become a professional runner. 
I was looking for another arena to be a gladiator in. I, I knew running wasn't it, but I knew I was getting closer. And then, like I said earlier in the conversation, life happens for us, not to us. The pandemic gave me that opportunity to reassess. Uh, and that's when I figured out the correct arena. It's almost frightening how similar our stories are. So this all started for me. And this is, this is so cool because this is why we're in each other's lives. When this started for me, I started on, I just needed to lose weight because I was, I was fat and out of shape. And I didn't know enough about COVID at that point to be like, okay, well, if I got it, how am I going to do? I'm having a hard time walking up the stairs here, right? So for me, it was more about just getting healthy and being here for my family, first and foremost. And then somewhere along that journey, I ran across Andy Frisella's 75 hard. So I started doing that. And in the middle of that program, I started thinking to myself, and it was so uncomfortable. It was a sick feeling, to be quite honest with you. A lot like being in that arena that you're not supposed to be in, right? Because you know that your purpose is elsewhere. I started thinking, there's something more I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I couldn't figure it out. It just wasn't happening for me. And then, boom, one day, I'm driving down the road and my brain exploded in my car. And then here we are. Here we are on this podcast, right? Here we are, you know, friends and connected from thousands of miles away. It's just the way life works when you start to live in your story and in your purpose. But our stories are so similar. You started with running. I started with beating the shit out of my body. It like literally, like, and I'm not even talking figuratively. It was, it was a lot. But what it did is it opened up a chamber in my mind to say, like, hey, Sean, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It brought you one step closer. Yeah. 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 Let me ask you a question. Because I, I know how I feel in these situations. When you're sitting there on Wall Street and you know you're in the wrong place for you, right? But you know that you have to give it everything you got because you have people riding on you. Like literally people's money's riding on you, their livelihood. Talk to me about the, the mental toughness and the emotional resilience that it takes to sit there at that desk, knowing that's not where you want to be and still give it everything. It, it's draining, brother, right? Like it sucks your soul to really do anything um, that you're not passionate about, specifically a profession where you're waking up each and every single day uh, and you're putting on a happy face to go do a good job and excel at it because that's just like the cats we are. We don't phone it in. Uh, but ultimately, mental toughness, I, I suppose, is a phrase to describe it. Um, but I was suffering, buddy. Like mm -hmm. I was, in, let me, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but let me be crystal clear. I was in pain, and I don't mean physical pain. Like I was in spiritual and, and emotional and mental pain. Uh, but to not have purpose and not have direction and to be doing stuff that I want to say is a waste of time because that's not fair. Um, but, but look, let's keep it real. Like we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We have this mm -hmm. day, right. As our good friend, Ben Newman likes to say, so mm -hmm. like, how can we waste time? And ultimately it got to the point, like the last couple of years, it's no secret. I've really strengthened my relationship with God. And, and I grew up Jewish, but I'm not that religious, but my relationship with God means everything to me. And, and I got to a point where I felt like I was disrespecting him by not living my purpose and, and just being a spoke on the wheel. Um, so mental toughness is one way to describe it, but it, but I think that's kind of being nice. I, I was straight up suffering in, in silence. Mm -hmm. uh, but the good news is, is I, I was aware 
that, that I was suffering and I was, I was looking for something else. Um, but that's why I go back to the pandemic. It provided me that opportunity. I don't know when or if CLS would have been born had I not had that second to kind of catch my breath, find myself grounded and reassess. It's amazing. I mean, it, it truly is amazing, the perspective, right? And when we're, when we're talking about, you almost felt like it was disrespecting God to not just to be a spoke in the wheel, right? You're just kind of going around and around and doing everything that you need to do on a day-to-day basis and not doing what Craig Siegel was supposed to do. That defining moment right there is everything. And, and for people that are listening, truly think about this because when I had that epiphany, I knew I had to get my story out. There was no more negotiations, right, Craig? It was, this is, these thoughts and these things are in me because God put them there. And, and who am I to sit there and not get them out? These gifts need to, need to be out in the world to honor God. I think that was one of the most real moments of my life, right? And because a lot of people will stand in their own way because they're afraid to, to say their truth in public. Most people. And just to be clear, just real quickly, like it doesn't have to be God that you guys believe in. It could be Hanukkah Harry or Jesus, right? Or Kabbalah, whatever the case may be. But I think we all agree that there's more to us than just physical um, flesh and bone. And if you believe that, um, then you probably believe that there's something bigger than us. So whatever it is, um, you are here for a reason. I love it. I'm glad you said that because I was going to. Absolutely. It's uh, There's a higher power here, guys, that's in charge. And our job is to honor that higher power. You spoke a little bit about, and I really want to get into this because this is something that um, I think you're very passionate about. You know, with all that being, with all that suffering, and when you're not living in an in integrity with your, with who you are and, and, and being in alignment of what you really truly want to do, you know, that's when dis-ease goes through the body. That's when you get sick. That's when disease happens, quite, li- quite, quite literally. Talk to us about November, man. About the about tumor? You. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's very well documented. I, I was training for Chicago. I was doing it probably not for the best reasons. I was saying, I can't wait to shock the world. Uh, I, 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 stuff like that. Um, and, and then ultimately at a speaking engagement with some jugs playing football on the beach, which is probably never a good idea got injured, misdiagnosed as a sprained ligament. Turns out there's a tumor in my foot. Um, And and let me just be clear. I think this is a a really big message for the audience. The old Craig of nine months ago would have had more of a pity party and said, why me? Um, Where did this come from? But I'm so enlightened now and make no mistake about it. I got a lot of work to do. I work on myself each and every single day but I'm just of the mentality now that life happens for me, not to me. And I believe that with every ounce of me. And so while I was shaken up to find out that there's a tumor in my foot, I also said, I know this is happening for a bigger reason, a bigger purpose. I'm not sure what it is yet, um, but let's go. Uh, Make a long story short, got the surgery, got the tumor out, came back benign, no big deal. Uh, Bang, crutches, stitches, the whole nine. And it was at that time when I began to teach myself the quantum and understanding uh, the power of intention. 
um, and how we can vibrate on another level and just understand all that we are an energy. And, and like I said earlier in the conversation, we're a soul and a spirit having a human experience. And once I started to really buy into all this stuff, and just to give some more context, I had been skeptical of this for years because it was beyond my senses. I was always a mindset guy. When better time to dive in and to buy in when I'm on crutches and I can't physically train? So I did. And I went down the rabbit hole, brother, and I can't talk about this stuff enough. And for the first time in my life, I am experiencing real-time manifestation. I experienced a huge one today. And all that being said, I was able to get an opportunity to make it to the New York City Marathon, which was only three weeks after Chicago. It's not like it was 10 months. Right. And do it for the right reasons. Do it for something bigger than me. Inspire my pops, who's currently battling cancer, motivate him, and also raise money for American Cancer Society, which was what it was all about. And going into the race, buddy, I was so like deep into this quantum, and I didn't even feel like human anymore. Like I felt like I was in another dimension. People kept asking me, like, do you have a prediction? Do you think you'll be able to finish? Even my parents were like, Craig, <laughs> if you're not feeling great, just, you know, we don't want to injure you permanently. Like, hop off the course. I'm like, all right, noted. Uh, but yeah. in my head, I, I was super confident, brother. Not from an arrogant point of view. I was just so spiritual and just so in this other dimension um, that I just had an unbelievable feeling about it. And we ended up running the fastest I've ever ran in my life, a 339 personal record. And, and I was floating, buddy. Like, like mm. that was a, talk about an outer body experience. Like, and, and it's hard to fathom. Like, what else would you describe it as? If I did not have the physical capacity to train for 26.2 miles in New York City, I mean, what would you call it? So I, I know that was a quantum experience for me. And although that story are completed from diagnosis to PR or finishing, the real journey of life has only just begun. Now that I understand how to tap into those frequencies, to vibrate, to experience real-time manifestations, to not only think and believe stuff, but to feel it. Uh, and that's what it's all about. And it changed everything for me. And it gave myself, CLS, and everybody around me a quantum leap. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Like, all of this shit is so amazing. The biggest thing, though, um, outside of what happened when you started pursuing the quantum and like you said, going down that rabbit hole was you were doing shit for the wrong reason before. And I can really relate to that. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to give somebody else that biggest F you saying, you know what? I can do it. Check this out, dad. For me, that, 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 that's so heavy, right? Because that is, that is robbing the experience of joy and love throughout. Why was that so important for you? What was that turning point when you said, okay, I need to do this for different reasons because it came up, it, it became about other people for you. Correct. Uh, I just felt guided brother. I felt like when I got the tumor diagnosis, there was a lesson to be learned. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound pretty deep and it might rub people the wrong way, but at the risk of being super authentic, like I believe all things like that happen for a reason. Yeah. And so when, when it happened to me, I wasn't a victim. I immediately thought, what is this trying to teach me? What am I going to learn from this? And then when I removed me from the equation, all of a sudden I was able to get to the start line and have an at bat at this thing uh, and, and do it for the right reasons. 
And it was at that moment when I shifted from me to my pops and anybody that has ever been affected with cancer that I just felt this level of confidence, like bulletproof confidence. Like it wasn't just me running. Like, like I, there was something, like I had some guardian angels with me uh, and I carry myself now like that. And as long as you can work within the ego and there's a big misconception of losing the ego entirely, I, I don't suggest that because the ego is there to check you at times. Um, but to work with it, I believe there is literally unlimited abundance on what we can achieve. Bro, unbelievable. I, I mean, that, <laughs> that story is amazing. And it's funny because it reminded me of something that your good friend, David Meltzer, always talks about. You could have two different athletes or two different people, right? Whatever the walk of life it is. They could both want to go to the same school, the same college. One gets in, one doesn't. One didn't lose and one didn't win. They are both going to end up exactly where they need to be. And in that moment that you're going through this, you were right where you needed to be for a reason. And it takes a special person to remove themselves like you did from the equation and say, okay, there's a message. There's a reason why I'm going through this. And I can either wallow in it like I would nine months ago, or I can rise above that and be different. That's it. And I think it's a lesson for everybody in any arena or any facet of life that they're in. When something happens and spoiler alert, life will like they will serve you some challenges and obstacles. So embrace them. Um, You can go into with a different perspective. You could say, why is this happening for me, not to me? Uh, And then you can get curious and try to figure it out uh, and just get on board. And it is what it is. And when you have that, you kind of release like all the expectations or the victim mentality, which I think is literally the worst thing that you could possess. Uh, And then ultimately it shifts your perspective on how you do life. It truly does. Like the victim mentality, like, dude, like the world, world doesn't care how bad you had it. Right. Everybody has their story. Right. What's really cool is when you make something of your story and you become something. And that is something that, you know, I can look at, your your whole situation of Wall Street, tumor, those those two things right there completely revamped and re-energized your whole life. You re-energize me. So I fucking that. do every day. I know I do. You like my voice memos. <laughs> you like my voice memos. Great. My voice memos I just are had, fire. I just had to stop this show for a second and just acknowledge you and just let you know how much I love you, buddy. Like Yes, you're in my membership, you're, you're in a program, and, and we're going to do life together for a very long time. But what excites me most about you is our friendship, buddy. And I genuinely love you. Uh, and I see a lot of me in you. Not that you need to be me, you're your own version, um, but that eye of the tiger, buddy. And, and you don't see that very often. And I want to acknowledge you for that. I appreciate it, man. I love you too. That's my favorite thing about our friendship I, I, I is, is our friendship. Like, like literally... I love doing these things with you. I love the membership, all that stuff. But dude, I just love when we banter. Yes. When we do that stupid boy shit, like uh, when we're freaking everybody out on, on, (laughs) on social media, you know, like that's my favorite part about our friendship because we're able, it's like a lot, we turn, we, we turn every situation into our fucking playground. Okay. And, and it's, it's fun, man. It's fun. You got to have fun in life. Trust me. I did not have fun for way too long. And it's like, what's the point? Yeah. You know, um, we can have fun and make a major impact and make a major living all at the same time. 
I think it's really cool though. When you, when you meet certain people in your life at different stages, they bring something different out in you. And in every relationship, I, I try to find the purpose, right? Like, okay, well, this happened back then because of this. And now I know why, like, I'm so grateful that you came along in my life when you did, because it is serving the best purpose as far as relationship goes to where I don't know if I would have been ready a year ago, right? Like we, we have to be open to the journey and how shit comes to us. You know, I, I did, I don't know if you watched it. Uh, you probably did, but I did a reel the day after the Super Bowl, talking about Andrew Whitworth and Matthew Stafford and how they waited for almost two freaking decades for their moment. But when it came, they were ready. Yeah. And that's, and, and honestly, dude, like, that's you. That's what happened in your life. When your moment came, you were fucking ready. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm right there with you, right? That I'm ready. I'm hungry. It, <laughs> dude, a year ago, I wouldn't be on a freaking podcast with a badass like yourself. And here we are, right? So let me ask you a question, man. Going back to getting back, back down to business is, what are some of your daily rituals, man, that you can, you know, I know you don't want, you may not want to get super specific, right? But just, there's people out there that are listening that are fucking stuck. They picked, they're listening to this specific episode with Craig Siegel because they feel they're going to learn something on how to get unstuck. What do you do? Number one, identify what your passions are. Identify what your power is. Identify what you're an expert in. Get some clarity on your life, right? And so sometimes we don't know exactly where we want to go, um, but we know we don't want to go backwards or we don't want to go that way. And for me, that was enough. And I like to put myself in, in good frequencies to get in that positive mindset, like rich energy, right? Mm-hmm. Creates rich ideas and so forth. So for me, every single day, fitness is a non-negotiable, seven days a week. And I'm not like, like pouring that on anyone else that doesn't this audience. That's just me. I don't do fitness for the physicality. Like I used to seek validation when I was younger and a bit more immature and I wanted to look good. Uh, now I do f- to break a sweat, t- to just be in my thoughts and, and to cross something off the list. Uh, and also looking good certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, for me, that's- Well, you important. do look good. Thank you, buddy. You I'm putting this one bad. on YouTube so everybody can see your sexy face. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. You know uh, it. And just and just stuff like that. Like and every single day. Like I, I know this is a bit cliche, but I pray slash have a gratitude session. Um, because I do a little bit of both in the same time, but I don't start my day until I do that. And I talk about some of the things that I'm grateful for, and that immediately puts me in a good vibe. And the reason why this is so important is because spoiler for everybody listening to this, like it's backed by science. And every single day when you wake up, 75% of your thoughts are going to be negative, which means you're already like in in the debit. So you have to understand that and and you have to block out the interference. So how do you do that? It starts with awareness, right? So going from an unconscious mindset to conscious. Oh, I know why I'm feeling weird today. Woke Mm -hmm. up on the wrong side of the book, whatever the case may be, is because my thoughts are out of whack or my thoughts are disempowering. As soon as I become aware of that, now I just implement strategies, right? Implement positive thoughts. It's going to be a great day. I'm super grateful for X, Y, and Z. I get to work out today. I get to go to work today. I get to work on a side project, whatever the case may be. Now all of a sudden you create new beliefs, new behaviors, new results, and so forth. So the bottom line, and this is a billion dollar thought process. Understand that you will receive 
negative thoughts over the course of the day, and it's on you to create systems to block it out. Because like I would say, thoughts are random, thinking is not. So, so don't feel bad that you get nagged out often because everybody does. The real greats that make massive impacts in the world are aware of that. And they have systems in place to block out the interference and replace the negative thoughts with more empowering, constructive, and productive ones. And that'll literally change anything for anybody listening to this right now. Absolutely love it. That's another one of the things that I, every time a bad thought comes into my head, I used to shame myself for that bad thought. After you told me that one day about you cannot control the random thoughts that go into your head, but you can control your way you think. I, I, I began to give myself permission for that to be okay. Like that's a negative thought. Okay. But now I'm going to think empowering thoughts because that's not where I want to be. Right. And doing that enough, that's where that emotional resiliency is formed. And we're able to completely, as you would say, revamp our mind, rewire it completely. Right. And, and I, and I think it's super important because <laughs> without that, we'd beat the hell out of ourselves every single day. I mean, I love the fitness seven days a week because if I don't do that, then my mind's not right. It's, it's my meditation. That's when I'm the most open. Love that you use that word because people ask me about running. It's a, to me, it's, it's a moving meditation. And, and that dude, let's, okay. So that's super important. I'm passionate about this because a lot of people say you need to be super quiet in a place of quiet to meditate and you need to have music on or whatever it is. Like, dude, I, I believe in active meditation. Same. Dude, we should get an apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, it, but I actually had this breakthrough recently. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, was on, I was on a call with somebody, maybe a client or something like that. And they described running as my moving meditation. And I said, you know what? That's exactly what it is. And I never mm-hmm. articulated it. But yes, let me confirm. Running to me is a moving meditation straight up. Lifting, 100%. Lifting, 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 getting after it. Good tunes going into my ears. A lot of times, honestly, too, like if it's not tunes, I am listening to your podcast. Great show. I've listened, I listened to the Rebecca Zung. That's one of your favorites. It's one of my favorites, yeah. Um, Amberly Lago, 100% one of my favorites. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, like. What about some of the jugs? Like Deer Deck? Yeah, my lad, Deer Deck. Um, I love Dead My Lad. I, I, obviously, you know, Deer Deck was great. Um, there was just a lot of subtle quotes in those two episodes, like especially the Rebecca Zung one. Yeah. Right? I just I just felt at that point in time that spoke day, to you. I know it, it spoke just, to you. It hit me. It hit me hard. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's why yeah. I, I people always like, I've never seen such a diversified portfolio of guests on a show. I want to hit everything. Like I want anybody that listens to feel triggered in a positive way, some way. That's why I have mm-hmm. WWE wrestlers on, Hollywood actors, uh, you know, professional athletes, entrepreneurs, literally everything, because, because I want it to be able to resonate to the masses. So I'm actually really right. glad that you said that. And you know, it's funny because I'm 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 watching your your diversity of guests, right? And and it's teaching me how to be diverse with my guests. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Listen, like, don't typecast yourself. Don't be like stuck in a corner where it has to be this. Have great conversations with with people that you believe will provide great value. 
And when you do that, and that's your sole motivation, brother, everything else will take care of itself. Sponsorships will throw money at you. Big guests will arrive and, and so forth. So just focus on providing value and, and catering to a bigger audience, which you obviously have. So it's the right mindset. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. We have, we've got some big people on. We've had some big people on and we're going to continue that, right? This is going to be, this is turning into the public figure podcast. That's it. Like she's leading, you're one of the dudes leading the way. I'm really excited to listen to hear one of your recently recorded episodes. I'm not going to blow it out of the Oh, we can talk about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm excited yeah, for that shit. Yeah. yeah, man. That guy's, that guy's awesome. Good dude. That episode will probably drop in the next two weeks just for you because I know you're jonesing to hear it. Um, I am. Something really special happens at the end of that episode that's never been done before um, in podcasts or on the CLS experience. Um, So I'm excited for the world to hear that. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Listen, dude. Hey, we're running short on time, but I I want to ask you something funny. What is one thing that people don't know about you that like, for instance, one of my last guests, DJ, he was, he did ballet. What's one funny thing that people may not know about you? I'd say there's probably a couple, buddy. I'm obsessed with the wrestling business. Uh, I used to play with figures, action figures, okay. GI Joes, wrestling figures. Um, what I think is interesting, and I think I've said this before, but people have a hard time believing it is pretty shy. I'm an introvert, buddy. Like, I'm, I don't do great in big crowds and stuff like that. When I started CLS, I understood based upon strategy that it was a means to the end to, to spread mm-hmm. the impact. Uh, and now I've become very comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, it's a skill set that anybody could develop. Um, but I think what's weird and would really shock people based upon the way that I show up each and every day uh, is that I'm pretty shy. Dude, that surprises the hell out of me. When I heard you say that on a call, I'm like, this lion son of a bitch, he is not an <laughs> introvert. There's no way because I, I only know how you show up, right? I only know how you showed up the first time we spoke on a Zoom, right? And how you show up for the public every single day. So it just goes to show everybody that you can literally create whatever type of character or mindset you need to in order to achieve the means like the end goal and and but it's it's it it doesn't come off uncomfortable for you like i'm I'm gonna tell you right now it doesn't well let me let me be clear in the beginning it was and now it's second nature Mm -hmm. because i'm consistent i'm committed and i've conditioned myself and so now i do feel comfortable uh, and I'm much more at home with big crowds and stuff like that. And, you know, showing up on social media um, doesn't scare me the least bit. In fact, it exhilarates me. Um, but I had to get there uh, just like anything else for anybody listening. Like, let's hammer home with a big message here. Like, if you want to do big things, then, like, nothing changes if nothing changed, right? Like, you have to change things to get new results, so to speak. Uh, and, and for me, one of the things that I needed to do or, or I felt that I needed to do was show up, uh, show up often and, and show up in, in a big way. Um, and, and now this is who I am. It's 100% authentic, but it, I had to start somewhere. And for the audience listening, like, and like Sean said, like, it doesn't, where you're at is not an indication of where you can be. You can work on yourself. You can develop skill sets. You can create your life by design if you want to. That's one hell of a mic drop to end it. I have 
one more question for you. Two more, actually. What can my audience do to best support you? Where can they find you? Best way to support me is say hello on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Listen to the record setting podcast, The CLS Experience, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Could join our free daily texting community, just a lot of nuggets and CLS bliss each and every day. Text the word juggernaut to 917-634-3796. And if you want, go to the website, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, uh, and see all the ways to work with us or or to be in that orbit, in that frequency uh, of good vibes and doing big epic things, specifically the CLS membership, uh, which is weekly. And we just have a ton of fun. Um, Come say what up. Come say hello. Well, guys, I can tell you one thing. I am in the CLS membership, and it is one hell of a community. It is one hell of a family. And, uh, you know, people there truly care about each other, and we help each other progress every single day in our business, in our journeys. Uh, Craig, what can I do to best support you, to continue to support you? Oh, that one's simple, brother. Just continue to, to build the friendship with me, buddy, because I genuinely love you. And if you believe in yourself 10% of the way I believe in you, you'd be further ahead than me right now. That's how much I believe in you and love you. Uh, you're doing it, buddy. Let's just continue to build a friendship. Uh, let's take some stages together and make a massive impact uh, and change the world. Hey, man, I'll hop on stage with you any day, brother. You know that. You know that's for certain. Well, you guys heard it here first from Craig Siegel. Don't forget to find him on his Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Go to CLS Experience, Cultivating Lasting Symphony online. Check them out. Craig, hang out here for a bit. I want to wrap with you after we hit after we hit stop. But uh, guys, if you got anything out of this episode, please share it out. Tag people. Tag me. Tag Craig. Tag everybody you know. Let's get the message out. Talk to you guys soon.